0: Hey, Hockey Moms, check out BlueLineHockeyClub.com for all the past and future podcasts. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by... Tovee Hockey has designed, tested, and developed a new carbon composite hockey stick that will change the way you play the game of hockey forever. The Tovee Hockey Diamond Air Blade Hockey Stick is no ordinary stick or copycat repackaged technology. Hockey has never seen anything like this before. The patented outside-the-box approach to blade design is a perforated cross-beam construction significantly increasing the swing speed. Built using 100% carbon fiber, we have eliminated that flimsy foam core for enhanced durability and a much larger sweet spot. The amazing hockey stick yields the most amazing feel and puck control ever seen in the game of hockey guaranteed. Feel the future. Check us out on our webpage at Tobyhockey.com. And use the coupon code INTROTOBY20 for immediate 20% discount. That's TobyHockey.com and coupon code INTROTOBY20 for immediate 20% discount on this amazing new technology. Welcome back to the Blue Line Hockey Club, folks. We've got a big episode tonight, our episode 52, one year for Whoa, the Blue Line. One year. One year, baby. Special podcast for the Blue Liners. We have the usual suspects sitting in with us tonight. We have Patrick Uncle Lardy Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. And our local nerd IT guy putting a big dip in right now, Robbie P. Peters. Hey.
1: What's up, Pete? Hey, how's your mama now? <laughs>
0: And the All-Around Sports crew the guys we go to all of our sports news, Derek, he trained, he too. What's up, sweet ho sweet And your host today, the Blue Line Hockey Club, Mark the Doctor Morley.
2: The doctor. Yeah.
0: And we've got a very special guest sitting in on our one-year anniversary of Josh Paul, the uh, ambassador for sled hockey, captain of the, the USA Hockey uh, sled team. How are you doing tonight, Josh?
3: Oh, living the dream, man, just like anything.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming on, Josh.
3: Yeah, no problem. It's my pleasure. we got a beautiful Chicago-Toronto battle going on, so I'm excited to talk some hockey. Yeah,
0: nice. Where are you at right now? Where do you live?
3: So, I'm based out of St. Louis, Missouri. I, uh, I'm originally from New Jersey and then made the uh, trek out here and been stuck ever since.
0: Well, at least you got out of Dirty Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> It seems like a lot of our uh, guests are coming in from St. Louis these days. I mean, there's a lot of pro guys oh, that have been in program. So it's not surprising when somebody says they live in St. Louis and they're part of the hockey world. So that's uh, not bad these days.
3: Yeah. No, it's been amazing to see the the number of NHL guys that stay around and coach like the AAA teams here. And uh, they, just, they realize it's a good city and really want to make it, make it a reality for some of the young kids coming up.
1: Josh, what do you think it is about that area?
3: Why are they staying? What was that? Oh, goodness. I don't know. Maybe good uh, real estate deals. Um, (laughs) I mean, it it is a really great city. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, as far as St. Louis goes, I mean, I really like the fact that, you know, you're able to drive into the city to go watch the Blues game, but then still only be 20 minutes uh, away and be able to live in the suburbs. So, you know, the area is structured really nice um they're actually building a brand new practice facility for the blues it's going to be a four sheet arena and DASA Blues the team I play for are actually hosting the first major tournament in November and it's supposed to be done in September so that's really exciting and they've really contributed to a lot of growth in hockey and um I mean maybe it's the real estate prices that are keeping the guys here but no matter what it is it's always nice to have a couple NHLers hanging around town yeah
4: so just um Talk a little bit about uh, how you got into sled hockey. Um, you know, I read a couple articles, uh, you know, you attempted to skate with prosthetics on, I believe. Uh, I read that somewhere. Um, didn't go over too well. But just uh, tell all the listeners how you got involved in your passion for hockey.
3: Yeah, I mean, the passion for hockey really started when, you know, I was sitting there. My dad was watching a Devils game and I kind of looked at him and I was like, all right, what's that? And he started trying to explain it to me. I'm like, oh, that looks kind of cool. Like maybe I'll start trying to play that. and um, So, you know, I used to play out in my driveway cause skating wasn't really a, a thing. My parents were willing to let me do uh, with two fake knees. And so uh, eventually we ended up going and watching a sled hockey game. And I'll tell you, sled hockey players are the biggest con artists you're ever going to meet. I'll tell you why. <laughs> because uh, a lot of times what we do is we take a youth team that's never been in sleds before. We play them with no, pri- with them not having any prior experience in it. And then, you know, pound them like, you know, 10 nothing. Most of the time they don't even get out of their zone. And uh, in the end, they still give us a check. So
2: I don't know how we've
3: managed to do that and, you know, contribute to that for years, but I actually got to go watch a game there. I, I hopped on the ice in the sled. Was like, no, thanks. Like this isn't for me. There were newspaper articles like writing, writing about me going, Oh, the travel is going to be too far because the, the team was in South Jersey. And so uh, about a year later, a team opened up a lot closer to me and my parents were like, well, why don't you give it one more try? And you know, that year of uh you know, eight to nine, I really matured, I guess. And I realized, you know, this is going to be the way I could play hockey. I really had grown to love like watching the game and I just wanted to find a way to play it. So I figured, I guess I figured, you know, if this is how it's going to be, this is how it's going to be. And so I hopped on the ice. I uh, popped my legs off for the first time at the uh, advice of one of the uh, guys that actually helped get sled hockey started in the US. And And, you know, it's been like that ever since.
0: Hey, Josh, just uh, fill in the listeners that might not know much about, like, sled hockey and the equipment, and um, fill them in a little bit, like, what's the sled like and, you know, um, the sticks and, and the equipment and as far as, like, how that works and, you know, um, just a little education for the
3: listeners. Sure. Um, I mean, if you've never seen it, I'd highly recommend going to watch it because I've never really met anyone that uh, hasn't watched a game wasn't instantly hooked. So... Um, I mean, there's plenty of games to watch on YouTube, but for for you know us, it's a little bit of a combination of sports between hockey, cross country skiing, and bumper cars, Uh, (laughs) because you know you're you're using your two arms as your arms and your legs. We have two specialized sticks um, that are about three feet in length each, and they've got metal teeth on the end of them so that we use to propel ourselves. on the other end, it's just a hockey blade, just not as uh, bent back as far, so we can handle the puck. So. You know, essentially, we're using our arms as our arms and our legs. We have to move around, but we also have to handle the puck with just two limbs. And the sleds themselves, it's two blades on a, uh, a blade system uh, on top, underneath a metal frame. And the metal frame can be anywhere from, I think it's like 50 centimeters, 90 centimeters maybe. Um, it's a minimum length, and then it extends out um, for the guys that do play and have legs uh, to rest their feet on. And then there's a bucket seat. Um, the national team, we get custom made buckets from a guy up in Chicago and uh, that can make all the difference. But, you know, most of them are just like a black bucket seat with some padding in there and that uh, you can kind of ratchet strap down to, to make sure that you're, you know, just about as close of a fit as you can be. Just like you guys uh, did with your skates. You want a good fit. You want it tight, but you want it to be able to to move when you move. And so really it's, uh, it's a heck of a heck of a game. And, um, it, it takes people a lot to, uh, to try it and to, you know, see the, the coordination some of the guys have. But uh, to be able to move around and have our blades, you know, an inch apart or inch and a half apart, it's, uh, it's pretty fun to, to watch people's reactions.
4: Josh, I, uh, I read somewhere that um, some of the advantages of sled hockey is the players, you know, that have like above the knee amputations compared to below the knee. Um, Just the fact that they have a, you know, like you were saying, a smaller, you know, bucket to sit in. How does that work just being able to turn quicker and get around and shoot the puck?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's a little weird. Sled hockey is probably the only sport you're ever going to hear guys sit there and say, you know, if only I didn't have legs, but um, (laughs) but, you know, for me um, it's, it's definitely easier to move around and to turn and, you know, I wouldn't say it, it defines your role on the team because we have, you know, bilateral above knee amputees that are absolutely wrecking people and are playing, you know, the uh, the big burly defensive defenseman role. But, you know, the guys with legs tend to be your your stronger guys, your power guys, because they're able to leverage that leg with their shots, with their um, drives to the net, whereas your other guys that are missing both legs above the knee, you're able to, to move around and um make turns and cut closer to the boards so you know you can make an escape quicker or you can take a little bit of room on the boards. you can put kind of I've every once in a while i'll push off the boards to get a little room spin around and um, try to recover that way so um, nice. it's an advantage it's a disadvantage i mean it it's kind of however you want to look at it but uh but yeah it's, it's weird the way that uh I mean, just like anybody, I guess, just like the NHL, where your size can kind of dictate, you know, the role you play, but it, it isn't always that way. So,
5: Josh, will you educate our listeners a little bit maybe on the differences maybe in rules and uh, refereeing in the sled hockey game as opposed to, you know, just your standard NHL or college or high school hockey game? What, what are the differences?
3: Yeah, you know, there's actually not a whole lot of differences. I mean, it's the same rink, it's the same size nets, the poor goalies, but, you know, I only <laughs> feel bad for our guys. Um, but as far as everything else, it's pretty much the same. Offsides is really similar to, to stand-up hockey where, you know, it's uh, it's your needs that you have to keep on, on the right side of the line. Um, the only additional penalty is a, a call called teeing, and it's basically when you make a 90-degree angle or, more or less, you hit somebody with only your sled. You don't make any body contact. And so, you know, that rules in place just like anything to protect players from, you know, wiping out and falling on a sled and busting a rib. Um, so, you know, it's something like that where it's just a little addition, that, but you definitely miss it if you uh, if you watch the game and didn't really know. It
0: was teeing, you called it? Yep, Teeing. Josh, I have a, kind of a stupid question, but, like, what are the... Um Qualifications to be able to play sled hockey. I mean if you're if you have no disability, are you allowed to play sled hockey or do you have to have some kind of um mobile disability?
3: Yeah, first off, there's no r- no stupid questions because <laughs> if it is, it is a stupid question, I'll give a stupid answer, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. But nice. um but in the US um we have club teams, so we have a, a little bit of a, a league structure. So you have your youth which is eighteen and under, and then you have your adult which is eighteen and over. Uh, there's no, you know, birth year. You play with kids the same age just because there's not that player pool yet. So, um, in you know, I started playing adult hockey when I was 14 or 15, and you'll see a lot of the national team caliber players are playing adult way earlier than they're mandated to. Um, but as far as that goes in club, if you're an able body player, you're able to play. You're in a sled just like anybody else. And, um, I mean, you've got both legs strapped down, so a lot of times – uh, able bodies can have some pretty decent shots, uh, just because they're able to leverage, you know, their legs with everything. But, but there's really no like distinct advantage. But as far as playing on the national team, you do have to be classified as disabled. And uh, the different things with uh, a couple of Paralympic sports, you know, when take a ski cross-country skiing for example, they race against different. Uh, different, like disabilities. So, you know, I'm not going to go up against the guy that has one leg. I'm only going to be going against people that they've classified as like me, Mm -hmm. um, or they adjust the time, however they want to do it. Now, sled hockey, it's either you're disabled enough or you're not like you can either play on the national team, but you can't, there's no like point system. There's no, you throw out a certain number of points every, every shift. It's just put your best five out at at a time and then go to town.
4: Nice. I actually saw uh, Josh that uh, in the Paralympics, sled hockey is one of the most watched sports. So, uh, like you were saying earlier, that uh, to all the listeners, if they haven't seen it, they need to uh, go and watch a game. But uh, I was looking at your sticks. You guys use like the old school um, sticks that you put the blades into it. I forget what they're called. They're the um
3: yeah. So we had. I mean, we used to, uh, I and mean, most players are actually using two-piece sticks, uh, but, you know, that's two the advantage of sled hockey. You can kind of just go to, a, a, you know, any hockey rink, find a broken stick, cut it down, and there you go, you have a free shaft. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, recently Warrior has been a, a real big supporter, and they've actually made us custom one-piece sticks from the national team, and uh, the Canadians have them, too. So uh,
2: oh, nice. it's always nice
3: playing against them because it, they both have our flags on it, so you can always tell which one's yours. <laughs> but, um, but no, I mean, those things are, they make it so easy to shoot. I mean, we don't get the same flex that, uh, standup players get. And, uh, but you know, it's kind of impressive to think that, you know, a year ago I was still stuck in the stone age using a wooden blade. And now here I am, we're using a fancy carbon piece of, piece of something. I don't know what it is. I just use the thing.
4: Do they have curves on them or no? Or are they straight edge?
3: Yeah, no, they have curves. Um, there's not really a system of, like, choosing what curve you want. It's just kind of the standard. But, you know, they're not too crazy. You know, we're not getting that Ovechkin flex or those, the Ovechkin <laughs> <All> curve. <laughs> no, no, we're, uh, we're pretty neutral. But, you know, they're definitely not flat.
1: Josh, are you <clears> – <throat> so are you familiar with, you know, other teams around the area? I, I, the only reason I say that is because we 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 actually have a sled team in this area that, that comes and plays at the college – they're called the Mountain Warriors. Uh, I had to look them up, um, but I would be pretty upset if I didn't mention it. It's the the Fort Drum. They're out of Fort Drum. They're the Wounded Warrior team.
3: Oh, okay. Have you ever? I definitely ever heard, heard of them before.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, it, I don't. I'm not sure what the connection would be there, but I'm pretty sure I could, you know, put you in touch with that team.
3: Yeah. No, that'd be awesome. I mean, we've had. I mean, it's it's terrible to say, but. You know, Wounded Warriors have been some of our better players, and, you know, they just bring that whole other dynamic to a locker room, and you can tell that they're as helpful to us as we are to them, just because, you know, they they get that sense of camaraderie back, yeah. and, you know, I think we're up to, you know, seven or eight uh, Wounded Warriors on the national team now, when in Vancouver we didn't have a single one, so it's definitely grown.
1: I saw for you, um, something that, you know, kind of stuck out to me was it was a place, uh, I, I don't know what I, where I read it or what I read it in, but, um, mm-hmm. it said where you you used hockey as a place to put your competitive, you know, juices, right? So I'm assuming mm-hmm. that would be very good for, for
3: them as well. Oh, a hundred percent. And, you know, that was the thing, like I could participate in gym class all I wanted, but you know, I wasn't ever going to be good at or at least good compared to my able-bodied classmates. And so, you know, for me to find hockey as a, a kid that, you know, grew up with a disability, but also to guys that, you know, have never had to experience that before, um, it's it, it's more it's more than just a sport. It's it's a healing process, but, you know, it's also a blast. Just because, you know, you get to check people. You get to – I wouldn't say we get to fight, but it happens. And it's just – I mean, it's hockey. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Hey,
1: Jack. Quick question for you. What,
0: what does it cost for like um, somebody to get involved in it? Is this expensive as it is to play regular hockey? I mean, is that equipment uh, fairly expensive for somebody to get started?
3: Yeah, I mean, it depends. Uh, most programs have their own sleds, so you can usually use one of those. But if you're buying a new sled, it's probably about 700 bucks, 7, 800. And then uh, the sticks are gonna be anywhere. For, for blades, you're probably looking at, uh, I think, like 25 to, 55 bucks for a blade so i mean it's pretty comparable as far as uh as far as hockey goes it's just you're spending money on uh on a sled instead of skates or and you're getting boots and get the the rivets taken off the bottom of it
5: no doubt before i got a question for you before i get into that one just kind of a funny question does anybody ever stick anybody with the
3: tack side of that stick
5: that you guys have (laughs) 100 percent
3: all the time but we never do it the reps looking and uh i i mean i would never do that actually funny story we were just up in uh canada in november and uh one of the guys was holding my arm behind behind the play and i was trying to get it free and finally i had enough so i just started like he had my arm so i start like picking Adam. him I guess in the chest and <laughs> so finally he lets my arm go and you know the ref calls him for holding didn't call me for anything he's showing him this jersey that's all torn up and the ref's <laughs> like I don't know I like to let go of his arm <laughs> all right Here so
5: talk about talk about uh talk about your success man being on the national team uh you know all all the all the success that you've had playing at that level—how um, you, how you got how you got to that level? Yeah, I mean, talk about all that success that you've had in your life.
4: Being the young one too, right? You're the youngest on the team.
3: Yeah, my gosh, I was in uh, Vancouver, and then the year before it was kind of wild. I mean, I, uh, I went up to a camp in Buffalo, New York, when I was 14, and you know, I was the worst player there, and ended up getting better and uh, hopped on the junior national team for a year, and then you know, I was driving back from from that camp the year after and i get a call from some weird number in colorado and it's the uh the general manager of the national team is like hey are you staying for tryouts i was like no like i'm not planning on it He was like oh well we'd like to invite you out to the our first camp just to kind of see where you fit so um i was a little i was pretty giddy at that because you know the year before i'd been watching the world championships that were in uh, marborough massachusetts so you know, I went from watching these guys as my idols to, you know, being on the same ice as them. So it was kind of weird. But, um, you know, went in, I guess I made a pretty good impression. And uh, I remember the equipment guy gave me the jersey I practiced in. I guess he was thinking I wasn't going to stick around or I guess I was thinking I wasn't going to stick around. I don't even know. And uh, mm-hmm. ended up making that team and staying on up through that world championship year in 2009 uh, that were hosted in Czech Republic. But we're actually going back there uh, this year for our worlds, and uh, so for for me to be able to experience that and and be on the team for the U.S.'s first world championship win, where our captain Andy Yoey scores with 11 seconds left in a game against Norway in the gold medal game, it was it was pretty wild to be a part of, and they had confetti flying down, and it was <laughs> it, it was something surreal. It's cool, man. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, that was nice to come back to. And then the next year at tryouts, I, uh, I got cut from the team. They, uh, they said, Hey, we just got some guys that are bigger, stronger, more experienced, and, uh, we're, we're going to go a different direction, but, you know, if there's something that, uh, that happens, you're going to be the first one we call. So I went on the junior national team. I played there for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, I guess, and, uh, um, ended up getting a call saying that, Hey, we want you to come back up. We had a guy retire and. So I figured, all right, this is my big break. But I think, fi- but you know, there was still three guys they had to cut. And, you know, I was a defenseman. We only usually carried four. I was the fifth guy and um, they started moving me up to, uh, to forward a little bit. And I remember sitting on the bench in like the, the, I don't know, the pre-cut tournament, sitting on the bench. And I was like, yeah, you know, I really just, I kind of just want to play defense and, you know, one of my, uh, line mates, Taylor Lipset, he looked at me and was like, yeah, but the ticket to Vancouver's is a forward. And I looked at him and I don't know what changed, but something clicked and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to be the best ninth forward that you can find. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) Ended up making the team. And, you know, my role on that team was really to soak it in because we had so many guys that were, were so good. And, um, you know, I hate to, to steal it from the, uh, the 1918, but we definitely weren't the most skilled team, but we were in the best condition for sure. And, you know, I made my living serving our bench penalties. So, uh, <laughs> that's how I got my name on the score sheet there. But we ended up going, uh, 5 0, not allowing a single goal. And, uh, that was, that was kind of wild just because of, you know, I mean, you don't allow a single goal through five games and you win the gold medal. It's not too bad. And, uh, one of my most vivid memories from that is watching our goalie take on a penalty shot in the gold medal game the, one of the guys from japan comes in because they had upset canada and canada got fourth that that tournament in vancouver so that was that was really cool um
2: <laughs>
3: and you know the guy from japan gets the puck and starts skating in and our goalie's hands are still kind of on his lap and the guy gets to the blue line and you're like i'm sitting there on the bench going all right steve like you has got the puck you you going to wake up and <laughs> uh, finally, the guy gets to the top of the circle. I guess he baited him, throws the glove up and stops the shot and then preserves the shutout. But, um, you know, to to be a junior in high school and come back with a, a Paralympic gold medal was, was pretty pretty surreal. And, you know, I don't think I, I got everything out of that Vancouver experience just with everything around the village and being with the other athletes. But uh, but then to, to be able to go and, and learn from a grade in uh, Coach Sauer, who uh, took over. He used to be the coach at the University of Wisconsin for a while in Colorado College. And uh, he took over the team in 2012 and led us to Sochi. And uh, when we got, we were able to play there, I mean, it was wild. I mean, it was uh, an 8,000-seat arena. We had that place packed for wow. almost every game. That's
4: awesome.
3: That's awesome. I mean, and it was even better because we played Russia twice. We lost to them in the preliminary round and I- I've never been, it wasn't a hostile crowd. Like, I'm not saying they were like swearing or like throwing stuff at us it was just every time they touched the puck like even they could be in their corner it was a roar like they were about to score a goal like it was such (laughs) an electric atmosphere like it, it was amazing and I mean my parents said that the people couldn't have been nicer and uh so you know that's always reassuring when you don't have to worry about that kind of extra stuff but uh but you know we we lost that game in in the preliminary round to them. So we ended up having to play Canada, but you know, when we were going through that, uh, that media circle after the Russia game, everybody was like, you know, if I hadn't just watched that game, I could have swore you guys won. Cause we were so positive. Like we were like, Oh, we're just going to get it next time. Like, it'll be fine. <laughs> and I don't know why it was such like a big thing. Cause I mean, Paralympians are Paralympians. We've already gone through everything. Losing the games, no big deal. Like
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> I live every day, putting my legs on one leg at a time, like just like everybody else. So, <laughs> God, it's really not that
1: bad <laughs> gosh i i i'm curious what's um how come you wear 27 where'd you get to number 27
3: well i was Always number nine for a while <laughs> and our captain came back and that's kind of why i wore the number so i gave it back to him and you know i'd move, been moving around the defense and Scott Niedermeyer was the guy I grew up idolizing. So he was definitely a big reason why I wanted to wear 27.
4: Okay. So besides the Olympics, Josh, isn't there like a um, disabled athlete sports association? Like uh, you got the St. Louis Blues sled hockey team. I think Chicago has a team. Um, Besides that, you know, the Olympics every four years, what do you guys do? Um, Is there like every year uh, a championship?
3: Yeah, so... Um, there's local teams and we have a, a league out in the Midwest. So it's us, Colorado, San Antonio, Chicago, and, uh, uh, Nashville now. And so we play, you know, a league from October to February or March, I guess. And so we're playing that, but then the national team has try us every uh, July. And so even when there aren't Paralympics, there's world championships, there's always an off year, but we still usually have a major tournament. Uh, recently that's been the pan-Pacific tournament where we'll play Canada, Japan, um, South Korea. China just got a team because they're hosting in 2022. So, And we have a full training camp schedule where it's we're meeting once a month. Usually it's a Thursday to Sunday kind of deal. We skate once Thursday, twice Friday, twice Saturday, and usually a different location. Um, we've been based out of North Carolina for a while just because of the connections we have there. But um, it's been awesome to be able to travel around the country and kind of spread the word of sled hockey and help different programs develop just because of, you know, how, how fun it is. And, you know, I mean, somebody's paying for me to travel the, the country and uh, play my favorite sport. It's a rough life, but you know, I'm willing to sacrifice for everybody. <laughs> Tra- travel <laughs> the world, right? Travel the world. Huh? Uh, yeah. yeah so it's not watch- tough. I mean, heading to Europe and Asia all the time, it's uh it's a long flight, but it's always worth it. Yeah, Robin tugs. Yeah, so Josh, tell us. Um,
0: <laughs> sorry about that. Just came out. <laughs> tell us about who the um, like the strongest rival that the USA hockey team has. Canada, like it is in, in regular hockey, or
5: is it a different country?
3: Yeah, no. Canada is definitely there, and I mean Russia was really strong. They developed the team in I don't know like five years to become silver medalists in Spoochy. And then there was that whole doping thing where they didn't play for a while. So um, (laughs) now they're coming back and they're going to add some competition for sure. But yeah, Canada is definitely it. I mean, they, they play such a heavy style and they're, they're just such a smart team. And so, you know, it's, it's never, you can never count them out of any game, no matter how good we're feeling. They always seem to find a way to play us tough. And I mean, but those are the games that you just live for. I mean, in the Paralympics in 2018, I think we beat everybody like eight to ten, nothing or ten to one. And for anybody, those are, those games aren't any fun. Like I live for that two to one game, even if we lose. I mean, it's it's the thrill of that competition. It's why you play. I mean, obviously, I'd rather be on the winning side, and we've been lucky to be on the winning side for for the past couple Paralympics. But you know, it's those close games. Like those are what you get you out of bed in the morning and sit there and go, all right, I'm ready to go. Like I could play hockey at 7 in the morning if I know I'm playing in Canada. Yeah. Josh,
4: one of the um, thing I was kind of interested in, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners, are how you guys change, um, you know, change up on the fly. I read something that um, a lot of rinks now are putting ice on the bench so you guys can slide right on. Can you kind of explain that, how you guys change on the fly, or how you guys change?
3: Yeah, so... Uh, so most of the time, if a rink doesn't have that accessibility, we just kind of sit with our backs up to the boards. Um, but you know, any sort of national team competition, I'm pretty sure it's mandated they have the the accessible boards. And so really, what that means is they take the the you know white part out and they put plexiglass so we can see in and out, and uh, they lower the step down uh, so that's about flush with the ice. Sometimes there's a little bit of a lip you got to get over, but it's usually not higher than like half an inch. Um, most rinks are going to have uh, synthetic ice in, in there, but the Paralympics the past couple, uh, past three years or three times, I should say, have had actual ice in the bench. And that is the smoothest transition you're ever going to see. I mean, it was, it, it's just so nice being able to go over and not have to worry about any, any little hump, but, uh, I've actually got a story about this. We were, uh, we went to Japan. I don't know how many times, like three or four times in the past, uh, when I first started and uh, we played at Big Hat, which is the 98 Olympics uh, arena. And they hadn't uh, lowered the bench. So there was still that, you know, six inches of lip you had to get over. So to get out onto the ice, we jumped down basically. So that was a nice little, um, you know, spinal shock. But then to get on the bench, we had our equipment guy work in the door. So we usually have our trainer work one door and our equipment guy work the other. So what he would do, he'd open the bench, he had a little rope on a string, he'd throw the, the ramp out, we'd ramp up into the bench, and he'd pull it, pull the ramp back in and close the door. Oh. But one, of, one time, one of our guys missed it. So he pulls the ramp in, grabs the guy's in front of his sled, and just yanks him into the bench so that we don't get too many men in the ice call. And... <laughs> It may be one of my favorite moments in flood hockey, just all time.
4: <laughs> nice.
3: You guys just did that, or did
4: the other teams do that too, or was that something one of your trainers No, that's, just,
3: that's how every everybody changed that tournament. Just because oh, of, really? Yeah. I, I mean, it's a national team event, so we're not going to sit on the board. So, I mean, where there's a will, there's a way, and we certainly found a couple ways.
4: Nice. So besides, uh, sled hockey, what else do you do? And, um, on top of that question, um, are you sponsored by anyone? Do you have sponsored like warrior or who are you guys? Do you have a sponsor?
3: No, like the national you? team has a couple sponsors, but I don't have any personal ones. I mean, if anybody want to come calling, then, uh, I'm <laughs> certainly looking open to hockey. Josh Paul's got uh, <laughs> <laughs> Right. But, um, but as far as like sponsors go, I mean, we've had a, plenty of our, uh, our teammates, like some of my teammates are sponsored by like milk companies. And, um, I mean, Comcast was really big and Toyota. So, you know, our guys have definitely seen some sponsorships come through and, you know, it's just, it's nice to be able to see a guy on TV and go, Hey, I play hockey with that guy. But, um, definitely. I actually, in October, I quit my job to become a full-time motivational speaker. It, it's not like my job was awful. I, I was selling, uh, financing packages. So it really wasn't that bad. I actually really enjoyed the company and the people there were great. But, you know, it was, it was a matter of uh, I'm somebody that, you know, I, I got a whole ass one thing. I can't half ass two things. Mm. And I didn't feel like I was giving hockey enough and I didn't feel like I was giving my work enough because I was tra- having to split my time between basically two full time jobs. And so um, I, I realized motivational speaking is something that I really love to do. Um, I love seeing that kind of aha moment people get when, you know, they're, you're able to, to you know, give them a coherent kind of uh, message. And, uh, I was actually, I'm actually writing a book now that has really helped my speaking just because, you know, I'm able to, to understand and kind of reflect on some of the lessons I'd learned playing hockey and some of the, the things that had happened and why they happened and I'm able to look back and kind of pass those messages on to other people.
0: Where can people find, uh, can I give a website that people can go and check you out if they want to have you come speak?
3: They do. It is joshpauls.com. It's really tough to remember, so uh, yeah. I wouldn't, wouldn't <laughs> yeah. be surprised if nobody did. Two first, two first <laughs> names. Pretty easy. So what so, else do
4: you do? What do you do on your free time?
3: I work out a lot. I'm actually involved in a training program pursuing my MBA as well. So, um, yeah. Damn. I guess I don't know why. I, uh, I guess my uh, undergrad degree wasn't good enough, but you know the the U.S. Olympic Committee has opened a lot of doors, and they have a program that'll help uh, pay for college and pay for my MBA through uh, DeVry University. So I really can't complain because you know somebody else is paying for it. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't be doing it. But it's it's really cool. Actually, in my class, I have a uh, and two Olympians that I. I don't think I've ever had it in any of my classes. So it's kind of cool to see like other people are actually using the program. It's not just me on my, on my own with a bunch of random people.
0: So, Josh, I just have one quick question before we let you go here. I'm just curious to, to ask you how the prosthetics have changed since you were a little kid to what you wear now. Is it the technology just
3: changed the way you can um, move and, and get around and stuff? Oh, goodness. All right. Uh, We're going to be here for a while. No. Uh, Right now, my legs are probably smart enough to do everything but walk me home from the bar. I mean, they're so smart. And, you know, once they figure out how to do that, I will be set. um,
0: Was there like computer chips or some kind of shit that like helps them be smart? Or how does that work?
3: No, they just drink a bottle of smart water, and then uh, they're <laughs> automatically smart.
2: <laughs>
3: no, they have uh, they have a stupid question. <laughs> microprocessor. Yeah, no, it it really wasn't I'm, my second language of sarcasm, so I had to throw <laughs> something in there. That's
2: cool.
3: But uh, but they have microprocessors in the knees, and then they have gyroscopes and uh, an accelerometer. They kind of control like how how I walk. So, you know, when I first started, I mean, I'm missing my legs right at the knees. So I was born without shin bones. And then they had them amputated at 10 months old. So I was walking probably about a year old, uh, but not like your traditional walking. So basically what happens is they cast a little mold that goes around my thigh. And when I first started walking, I had basically a block at the end of uh, my residual limb. And so what that did, it allowed me to figure out how to walk without basically being on stilts, which is what prosthetics are for a bilateral guy. And so when I did that, I learned how to walk. I, learn how to stand upright, just like any other baby does. And then, you know, I eventually graduated to um, shins, basically, and then with they had feet on them. And uh, my mom used to just take my legs into the shoe store because she didn't want to have to deal with me. Cause I don't think it was a problem child. It was just having a kid. And uh, so I can only imagine the heart attack she gave these people. She comes walking in like, I need a size five. Like, well, where's your kid? Like, I got him right here. He's out in the car. Like, "It's fine but uh but you know for to be able to do that I, I didn't have a knee that would that would uh, bend at all so you know sitting in a chair my legs are straight out but that's just it's more of a safety thing cuz you know I'm a 3 year old kid that needs to learn how to not you know fall every every time so then you progress to stuff with a mechanical knee so that it, it's basically a hinge so I can't go like step over step downstairs I'd have to like go down backwards or different stuff like that and find ways to kind of get around it but I finally had knees that that bent so you know that was a big win and now the stuff is it's, it's unreal I mean I plug them in every other night just like my cell phone I mean it's it, it's really wild the stuff they can do I mean I can like bend my knees at like a 10 or 15 degree angle and just kind of rest on them and they like the way they track how fast I'm walking they can match my speed so you know if I'm walking slow and slow they they know to go a little bit slower or you know if it's time for a beer then I and I start walking faster then they're <laughs> like okay we got to get going <laughs> um, so they can kind of control the the speed of it and then also the way it kicks out and I mean I have different modes in my legs I have a little app on my phone I can use to control it it's kind of wild wow crazy, That's crazy, awesome. crazy yeah I mean I've got an app like it's it, it's really it really is amazing to see the stuff they've done and you know, I don't even have the most advanced one. I mean, that's the, the crazy part. Like, there are waterproof ones that people can go swimming with. Um, they can, they last longer. They have, like, seven different modes instead of two. I mean, the list goes on and on of just all the different technology they've developed and how much easier it makes me, makes it for me because, you know, instead of me standing around my mechanical knees and all of a sudden leaning back a little too far and being on the ground before I even realized I did something wrong, you know, being able to fall back a little bit and my legs go, "Uh uh-oh, you're not going to do this. Like, we got you, buddy. And then catching me, I mean, that's really nice for sure. And, I mean, sometimes it leads to really long, elongated falls where, okay, I could have just fallen, like, two feet away. Instead, I start stumbling and my legs are like, I got you, I got you, I got you. Uh, Uh-uh, I don't got you. Sorry. (laughs) But, But, yeah, I mean... I like to say I'm an expert faller, but it really doesn't happen often anymore just because of, you know, the knees and the legs and how awesome they are.
0: That's really cool, man.
3: Yeah, I was uh,
0: just curious. I mean, it's, you see some of the stuff on TV and stuff like that, but I never really understood how, how it really works. So I mean, have you nice seen the hands?
3: Like, that's wild to me. Yeah, the hands are unreal yeah. now. Like, it's one thing it's like, to have knees, not? but, like, like it moves and grabs stuff and just, it, it's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> So
0: Josh, um, we really appreciate you coming on, man. It's been one of my, um, actually one of my favorite interviews. So we were, I, you know, I, I didn't know a lot about sled hockey and we learned a lot today. Um, I've watched it and stuff like that, but never got the ins and outs of everything. So that was kind of cool to get the listeners perspective and, and us too. So, you know, thanks for taking the time out of your day and, and educating us a little bit and, and showing, uh, showing us how,
3: how you sled, sled hockey guys really do it. So we appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. And uh, now you guys have a little bit of a personal connection when you watch the next Paralympics.
4: Oh, yeah, Absolutely. for sure, man. We'd like to see you get another gold, get another gold for us. I got all my USA gear on right now, Josh, because I knew you were I going love on. it.
0: I love it. <laughs>
3: we're so, going to interview so after
0: you after your next gold We'll
3: get you on after your next gold medal. All right. Sounds good. We'll uh, right. make sure we get one. All right, all right Josh. Sure.
5: Thanks, man. Thanks, man. You're an inspiration to a lot of people, man, so that's awesome. Thank
3: you. We do our best. Thanks.
5: Take it
0: easy. All right, but boys. Josh Pauls. Um, what an awesome guy. JoshPauls.com. If you're looking for a motivational speaker, he's definitely uh, some guys that he can definitely give you some motivation from what he's gone through. So, you know, these guys, these sled hockey guys, you know, they were born with a disability, but they, you know, they keep plugging and they, they make the best of it. And it sounds like they don't complain, win or lose. I mean, they're just happy to be playing the game. You know, that was a really cool interview a good perspective on on life in general and, and you know what these guys do and you know the passion they have for the sport of hockey yeah they the game. men USA men's
4: ice uh, sled hockey won the last four Olympics gold medal it's pretty amazing and you know I watched some of the YouTube videos I've never been able to uh, go watch it in person but uh, I watched it on uh, YouTube and it's it's pretty fast, man. I saw him, uh, Josh, cut into the center around this defenseman, and he just friggin' wristed the puck right in the upper right hand corner, and it was it was a hard friggin' shot, and I was pretty amazed. So, um, and like yeah, I said here a earlier, massive bar. Oh yeah, I can imagine. And like I said, it's the number one sport, you know, for attendance in the Paralympic games. So um, they're doing something right. No
5: doubt. Not surprising, though, because hockey is the greatest
1: game on earth, right? Yeah, I mean, it I'm, is. Personally, I would just think that would be more, you know, worth watching for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I was also curious to have him say, like, there's no advantage. Like, if we played against them in slides, there's not really much advantage. So, you know, that's that was kind of interesting to hear that too. So, good interview, boys. Let's get into a little bit of what's going on in um, hockey this week. We obviously have a playoff push. And, playoffs. 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 and now, we playoffs. now we can say it. So San Jose Sharks last night clinched playoff spot and um, with a Minnesota loss. So, Minnesota, I think, has nine games left and they're fighting for that spot with with the Phoenix uh, Coyotes as well as the Dallas Stars. But um, they had a big game last night when they played against the Colorado Avalanche because the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche is right there with, with Minnie. So, that was a big loss last night. They really needed that win. And they played hard. I, I watched the game, and um, they just couldn't get the puck in the back of the net. They had so many chances to actually win that game. It was one of those things, you sometimes you watch a game, and you're like, Jesus, they looked like shit. But uh, Minnesota actually looked really good last night. They just couldn't couldn't get the, the W.
4: Yeah, it was a tough game. I mean, Zucker had a wide open net there. Um, it was a backhander. Um, Stahl had a nice one-timer. He kind of jumped it in the air. Um, they had the chances. They just the bounces sometimes just don't bounce your way. And that was the game last night. And uh, Colorado's right behind them and with 76 points with, with that win. Minnesota's got 77. Arizona's still up there with 78. So, uh, you know, that wild card in the Western, uh, it's going to be a battle right to the last nine games. So it looks like Dallas, I mean, it's even close. Dallas could get knocked out, you know, depending on how. Colorado and Minnesota do here in the last nine games separated by five points so
0: it's uh getting down to the wire yeah and these games have playoff uh, feel to them when you watch the games because basically you know you win or you're out so it's almost like a playoff game every night for them right now
4: yeah definitely and you know play, most of the guys are getting banged up you know and I was thinking about that today and last night watching the game you know A lot of the guys are banged up already. Shit, they got nine games left of the regular season. And to win that Stanley Cup, they got to go play, you know, seven-game series. And we're not just talking regular hockey here. We're talking every single night, you know, blocking shots,
5: getting in it.
1: Go hard or go home, boys.
5: Uh,
4: To win that Stanley Cup, man, those boys are
5: tired. Every, everybody this time of year has got some kind of injury they're dealing with. There's no doubt about it.
4: I see uh, Dan Girardi will be out indefinitely for the Tampa Bay Lightning lower body injury. He's been day-to-day for the last two weeks, but was downgraded on Wednesday, so doesn't look like he's coming back. I don't think that's a big deal for uh, Tampa. Yeah, uh,
5: I, Tampa's got a lot of firepower.
4: Yeah, Tampa's got a lot of firepower, but it's going to be, like Derek said in previous podcasts, I think the All the good teams have risen to the top, what we expected. I think the two that all four of us didn't really expect at the beginning of the season was the Islanders and the Hurricanes, but everything else kind of seems the same. Robbie's Sabres, unfortunately. Um,
1: Fell out, yep. I was consciously holding my breath.
4: I know, Mm -hmm. this stinks for them.
1: They They thank it. It's kind of
5: great to see in Montreal sniffing around that wild card now, though. That's that's kind of a team I thought was down and out, but they're just sitting there sniffing around that wild card. They're one point behind Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, you, know, but, um, who do you guys, it's who lurking. It's lurking there. And then, yeah, go ahead, Ben. Who,
4: who do you guys think, uh, Who, if you could pick right now, who do you think would be in the Stanley Cup from each uh, conference?
0: Oh, boy. That's a tough one, man.
4: I think Calgary is going to come out of the West. Cal- Calgary or San Jose. Um, I, 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 I don't know if San Jose can beat Calgary. Um, both of them have goalie issues, so that would be a tough match. But like Bake said, Vegas is right there too. Um, but I, I think I'm going to see Calgary, Calgary come out of the West, and then uh, in the East, obviously Tampa. I think that's a a shoe in for them. I mean, they just you can't turn the puck over in the neutral zone. They'll just take advantage of it. They're plus ninety six goal differential. So
5: I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean,
0: I, I can't count on I mean, the, light the Lightning.
5: Obviously, yeah. I mean, Lightning is obviously a team. Like somebody's somebody's got to knock off the King. Yeah, they, uh, Out of the West, though, Pat. You know, when it comes to the playoff time, you know, there's a lot that can be said for you know teams that are gonna. You know, teams that are playing in a barn that is going to get real rowdy too. You know, so like you're going to give yeah. you got to give Winnipeg a pretty decent chance. You know, uh, you know, like Vegas is a pretty raucous kind of place to play, but um, I think it's going to be Calgary. Nashville.
4: Nashville's yeah,
5: got to get- Dome, Calgary, you know, but Nashville's got a hell of an atmosphere there. So I mean, that stuff's going to play into it. And then you got St. You know, I don't know. I mean, St. Louis, you think they yeah, got a chance? Yeah, they're but, well. uh, It's still
2: early, right? I guess. <laughs>
5: Yeah, Tarasenko, right? i mean there's so many so many of those teams could could do stuff make noise so but if you're going to make us pin down to one i i have this uh, obsession with winnipeg i i'll will see them come out of the west i don't know why i like them but uh, i do and then uh, for me i'm going to pick uh, out of the east i think uh, the new york islanders you like that? So them people cuz i think they're, i think i think they're a team that can Tampa a bay i really do
0: yeah, I think uh, for me in the, in the West, I, I like Calgary. I've had a chance to watch them a few different times this year, and they just have a lot of firepower. Um, they play with a lot of heart. They're just a just a really good team. And, you know, if you're not on your game, it's tough to beat the Flames. And then, obviously, in the East, you can't count out the, the Lightning. But behind the Lightning, if we're getting them out of the picture, um, the Bruins have been on a tear in the last couple of months. Um, they yeah. haven't lost hardly any games and um, they're on top of their game at the right time. So if they can keep playing with the, the uh, you know, the way they have been the last couple of months, I wouldn't
5: cut out the Bruins.
4: Yeah, the Bruins just beat the Islanders 5 nothing, so it's pretty big. But you you can't count out, you know, when I think of playoffs, um, you know, Stanley Cup, when, when somebody asks me that, I automatically go right to the goalie. I don't think about firepower. I don't think about anything. If someone asks me, "What do you think about Calgary?", my mind goes right to the goalie, and I try to think of you know who that goalie is and will they get him through. So that's the one thing about the Sharks and Calgary. I don't I don't know if they can uh, get past marc Andre Fleury of the Vegas Golden Knights. So I don't know. It's it's a tough one out in the West. But um, and then you got you know, Andre Valvolowski of Tampa, he's, he's nasty. I don't know too many people, too many goalies that can get past him. And, you know, then you go, you got Pekka and then you got, uh, what's his name out in Winnipeg, Colin, Connor Hellebuck. So Hellibuck. we'll see, but I just thought I'd like say that it's just the goalie to me is the biggest factor of teams winning the NHL winning the Stanley Cup in the NHL.
0: What do you got, Pete?
1: Um, yeah, I'm just looking at, uh, you know, the playoffs and the, the app here. And they, Right now they have the, you know, from the Western uh, conferences, they got the Jets versus the Stars, and Nashville would be playing St. Louis. Uh, for the Pacific side, they have Calgary matched against Arizona, and uh, the Sharks would then be going against Vegas. So, unfortunately, Jamie's prediction would not be true there. Um, but, you know, they still have between eight and ten games left. So, you know, they're going to wiggle a little bit. We're going to have to see that played out. Uh, as far as the East goes, they've got uh, the Lightning and Columbus Bruins versus the Maple Leafs. Maple so, I Look, you know, we all said this. It's hard to overlook the Lightning. As far as I'm concerned... If the Lightning don't win the Stanley Cup, what the hell you know, what is the point of having all these great team uh uh team players, you know, the best goalie, the best uh, you know, most points, and you can't win a fucking cup. I mean it's just like there's something not quite right there. I, I just expect that these guys you know, to have such a great season and, and not fulfill that journey with a cup. How can that be a successful year, even with all the individual awards? I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, the Metropolitan side, Caps and Hurricanes. You know, I, I'm a new Hurricanes fan. So we'll see uh, if they're Where are you to-
4: tonight, Robbie?
1: <laughs> I'm at Raleigh, Raleigh, Raleigh. Uh, so <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I don't know if they can beat the Capitals or not. I mean, you know, they're going to have to show up and play like everybody else. But uh, Islanders and Penguins, that's they who they break. have matched up right now. You know, I'm with you, Derek. I'm curious to see how the Islanders do. I don't know that they can beat the Lightning. Um, That's funny. We hardly
0: ever talk about the Penguins. You know, they have a pretty good team, but it's just like something we never really
4: get into. On paper, they have a good team, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: Kind of like the Lightning, though. Every
0: year, they fuck it up.
1: I mean, they're only at 89 points right now, and the Lightning, were at 116.
0: So, so The lighting have been good for years, but they haven't been able to win,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah they haven't, yeah. So let's exactly. we'll see if it happens. Uh, Flames, 97 <laughs> points. They're crossing 100 points. So, I mean, you no, know, there's some better teams out there for sure than
5: Pittsburgh is. Kinda, it's kind of weird to see, too, that, you know, Pittsburgh's sitting at 89 points. The second wild card spot is in, in the East is at 84 points. I mean, with nine games to play, I mean, Pittsburgh's only sitting five points ahead of, of the last wild card spot right now. So that's kind of crazy.
4: Yeah, and, and, you know, if the Islanders clinch that second wild card spot, they're going to have to play Tampa in the first round. So, I mean, I, that's what we've just been talking about the last two minutes. I mean, you're going to see it right there, Tampa versus the Islanders in the first round. And like Derek's been saying all along, that's a lot, the Islanders are the last team you want to play in playoffs because you just don't know.
1: You know, about that's, the Penguins there,
3: Derek. I agree with you.
1: About the Penguins, you just said they had uh, 89 points and the, the Blue Jackets had 84. Here's a fun fact for you. The Blue Jackets actually won more games than Pittsburgh did. They're, they've won 40 right now. Pittsburgh only won 39. But they lost 29 games. Yeah. To the 24 that Pittsburgh did. So, you know, it's, is it? it's a little bit tighter there. I mean, they're, they're just not as strong as they were in the past they're, they're not the team that uh, you know we th- they they traditionally really. think of as Pittsburgh
4: yeah and you know what if, if Pittsburgh stays healthy and Mark said it earlier that we haven't been talking about a much I mean it won't be it won't be a shocker if they go deep into the playoffs I mean Matt Murray has been shaky at times but he's the top five NHL goalie right now all Malkin and, you know, Crosby and Matt Cullen and, you know, who they have on defense. I mean,
0: don't count the Pittsburgh Penguins out. It's yeah, I watched be- them play the Caps last week and they looked really good and I ended up getting a win there. Yeah. Yeah, there there's no
1: doubt they have the, the abilities, right? But I would think you're going to see movement happen uh, by now uh, if they were going to really do it. Capable, sure. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> a lot more, a lot more parity in the
5: Eastern Conference than there is the Western Conference. You know, what I mean, the Western Conference is kind of like almost already set in stone. It looks like, you know, and then Eastern Conference, you still got teams jockeying pretty big time. These last nine games mean a lot in the Eastern Conference.
4: Have a big upset. Could be a big upset with the Islanders if they clinch that second wild card against Tampa. That that would be pretty interesting. I'll I'll be uh, excited to watch that series.
1: I got to tell you, Calgary has been a team that I – not even intentionally that uh, has just been keeping, you know, getting my attention. Kachuk and uh, Goudreau out there, they are – we said in the beginning of the year it's going to be the team that is firing all cylinders at the end of the year. These guys are hot right now. They surpassed – so last week when we talked, San Jose was sitting at number one. They passed San Jose. They're sitting number one right now. So they are doing what I was talking about. I want to see teams that are absolutely firing right now, and right now they're hot. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'm thinking a Calgary. I would love to see a Calgary and a team go hard. Yeah,
0: I can see that. Yeah, so it's all wrapping up, boys. We'll know in a couple weeks where we're at. Um, also this week we have the uh, college hockey playoffs that are right um, in the conference play, I think the, the end of the conference play. Finals are all this weekend, so ECAC. I got local Clarkson team up in uh, Lake Placid this weekend. I know all the uh, games in Minnesota are happening this weekend, so we'll have some college hockey talk next week too. To see who wins all those division games and what's happening in uh, college playoff hockey as well.
4: Yeah, it was a uh, pretty good interview with uh, Josh Pauls. That was, uh, you know, I learned a lot tonight about things that you know. I had no idea on sled sled hockey, so I'm glad he came on and talked to us. But what a great guy. And to uh, win two gold medals or three gold medals. Three.
1: three. Pretty You're absolutely right. And, you know, if your listeners out there, if you guys get a chance to go watch one of those hockey games, go watch a hockey game and support them. You'll, you'll, you'll find it, I, I think, refreshingly uh, um, sporty. It's worth watching.
4: Go much. Watch. <laughs> I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, the NWHL, the National Women's Hockey League. The uh, Minnesota White Cat actually won the um, what is it? Is it called the Isabel uh, Isabel Cup? So, so that was pretty big for uh, Minnesota. <laughs> their their first Isabel Cup. Um,
1: Isabel.
5: And, tomato. Tomato. tomato.
4: Yeah, and, and just to let some of the listeners and you guys, if you didn't know, Lord Stanley's daughter was Isabel, so that's where that cup came from.
0: Well, Jesus Christ, Patrick.
4: Do doing your
1: homework,
5: you lady. Like Could be pronounced Isabel. Is it Isabel?
1: <laughs> Google is your friend. <laughs> You're with
0: your life. <laughs> Oh, shit. All right, good show, fellas. Uh you know, that was definitely a different interview for us, um, you know, to get a little perspective on that sport. Um, you know, so I think the listeners would really enjoy that as well. Um, next week, uh, we'll get into Jamie Baker coming on the show from the San Jose Sharks, uh, a local legend up in the North country as well. So tune in for that if you, uh, if you want to check out a little bit about Jamie Baker and his career at St. Lawrence and in the NHL as well. But, uh, good, good show tonight, guys. Until next week, folks. Keep your stick on the ice. Do ya! Oh,
2: no, no, doctor! doctor.
0: Keep your head up.
2: Yeah.